Welcome to Discover Central, the podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the life of students, staff and alumni at London's Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. I'm Scott and together we'll be taking a closer look at Central, answering your questions, finding out what it's like to work and study with us, catching up with our alumni in the industry and hearing more about the new and innovative projects that members of our community are working on. We had of course hoped to record this first series of episodes at our campus in Swiss Cottage and to give you a sneak peek at our end of year productions, exhibitions and showcases. But due to the global COVID-19 crisis, plans have, well, changed. Our buildings might be closed, but Central is still open, remotely that is, and this allows the creating and collaborating to continue. For the next five episodes, We'll be checking in with each other from our homes across the world. We'll find out how our community is helping to combat this global health crisis in their own communities. We'll be sharing tips on looking after ourselves in these new and uncertain times, from prioritising our mental health and well-being to nurturing our creativity in adverse circumstances. We'll be finding out how teaching and learning are continuing remotely and how we're all adapting or struggling to adapt to new ways of working. And we'll be discussing what the impact of all this technology might be on the future of art and performance. Today, we'll be celebrating work that's making a real difference right now. Projects that operate at the intersection of the arts, the community and healthcare. And in particular, the important work that our students, staff and alumni are spearheading to help support our amazing NHS. We'll be speaking with Dr. Selena Busby, whose work with Company 3's coronavirus time capsule is digitally connecting young people in lockdown across the globe. And we'll be hearing from some of our central students about the projects and initiatives they've been working on during lockdown. But first, we're talking with Dr. Nikki Abraham, whose award-winning projects with London's Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust was interrupted by COVID-19, but thanks to the quick thinking of the project team, including the students, Nikki, and the wonderful Ouchie Ward nursing team, was able to take new shape. Hi, Nikki. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So you've been working closely with the Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust for the last few years. Tell me, how did this work first come about? Well, it came about uh, in 2016. I had an email that came through our reception team and inquiries from a nurse from Imperial who asked if we could um, do a play uh, for uh, patients on different wards to support them during their hospital stays to see how that could impact on well-being. Um, I said yes, because, you know, that's the kind of work that we do in applied theatre is go to support communities, um, but offered alternative models. So it might be a play for uh, patients or it might be interactive storytelling workshops. There's a plethora of different methodologies that we could use to support Imperial with that work. Uh, they joined, they liked the idea and we set up our first project, which was with collaborative outreach and our second years. And, and Tell me, why, why is applied theatre so beneficial within the clinical settings? Um, I think it provides respite. Uh, it provides a sense of joy and happiness. Uh, it's person-centred, which is really important. We're really lucky to work with a very inspiring dementia care team with Imperial, led by uh, nurse consultant Joe James, who is a legend and has a, an amazing team who are completely person-centred and do incredible work. And Applied Theatre is about that as well. It's about uh, putting the community first and finding ways to support the community to listen and respond 
so that they've got agency. And often when you're in hospital, someone else has agency over your care, your body, uh, the way you're spoken to, uh, and a lot of choices kind of taken out of your hands. You have some, of course, but sometimes, particularly if you're living with dementia, for example, um, agency is a tricky topic, and sometimes people are making decisions on your behalf. Um, so we wanted to create um, a practice that was responsive to each individual. Whether someone's verbal or not, there's always a way to engage somebody, and I guess the flexibility of applied theatre allows us to do that. And I guess we, we touched on it a, a moment ago, but how have the projects within the hospitals been impacted by COVID-19? Well, we've had to adapt um, because we can't be on site at the moment. Um, so, for example, if I can tell you a little story. Um, sure. Thank you. Um, we worked with a ward called Ouchie, uh, which is an acute dialysis ward at Hammersmith Hospital. Um, we've worked there for a few years now and we do a, a project that's usually creating a film with patients and that involves bedside, one-to-one -one storytelling to develop the plot, the location, uh, the narrative, the twists and turns that usually come up. It's, it's usually, I wanted it to be a rom-com of some sort or a sitcom so that people would recognise it as a bit of like a soap opera, but every year it turns out to be a crime drama. Um, which is fine, that's what the patients like to explore. So there's lots of twists and turns uh, in the plots that the students explore. And sometimes they're going into the ward in role as the characters that the patients have created. And they're working out um, the whodunit mystery with patients by using hot seating. So interviewing the patients in role and they're playing maybe a neighbor who's observed what's gone on. Uh, and this year we got partway through that project, um, which would normally result in say a 50 minute film. Um, and the students had written the scripts, which they devised with the patients, and they all had many different ideas that were put into it. And then access to the ward was stopped, rightly so, for health and safety and to ensure the patients who are immunocompromised, uh, because they're on dialysis and many other things are going on for them, um, to make sure that we could continue the project, we had to find another route. Um, so our first port of call was to buy a sealed green screen and, and the uh, dementia care team took a tablet that had Skype on and was set up so that we could interact with patients that way. Um, but again, then ward staff were redistributed to other wards and we had to rethink. Um, and we thought, great, not a problem, central site still open at this point. Um, so we thought we'd do a radio drama with the cast um, of uh, students and external actors who had uh, kindly volunteered to take on the roles for this uh, new project. Uh, and then of course the site was shut for safety as well. Um, so we used WhatsApp, never to be defeated. We used something called the water methodology, which I can tell you a bit more about later on if you're interested, um, which is about flexibility in working. So we created a WhatsApp chat where people would use the audio recording function to send their characters lines in with a pause between each line so that I could edit them together um, and add sound effects uh, so that we could create kind of an immersive story using panned sound. So if you're listening to it, it feels like you might be sat between the characters, for example. Um, and uh, we created that together and then sent it via email to the ward so that that could go to patients. So we just found another way. There's always a, a lot of different ways to do things. And I think for us, the commitment to our communities is the most important. It's the heart of our work. So uh, thinking like water means that we look for alternative routes to reach where we want to go. Uh, and that's just one example of the projects adapting. We also have plans for our intergenerational project um, next year to be a virtual project. And we're setting it up at the moment with schools um, to think about how we use Zoom 
how we use part live interaction to create some work with students and schools that's then exchanged virtually with patients who are having the same project delivered one-to-one -one with the nursing staff or if we're allowed on site one-to-one -one with us um, and then exchange virtually so reducing uh, physical contact but respecting the idea of distancing in that respect so we're doing lots of projects at the moment to try and adapt to the situation to continue to do important work to support people and thinking about the impact of uh, social distancing on the well-being of people who are not having any contact or having reduced contact or social connection uh, with their loved ones at this point whether they're in care homes or hospitals or at home um, and not having an awful lot of interaction with people they normally would so finding ways to build new connections using the virtual tools that we've got at our fingertips and i think kind of building on that so you've you just talked there about um the kind of range of projects and initiatives that you uh, you've been working on in addition um to the work with uh, imperial um where where is this work being used uh, so the projects we're doing at the moment for the applied theatre curriculum are part of our collaborative outreach project and we've got 15 projects running. They're not speculative, they're happening um, via Zoom or via YouTube or via Twine, which is interactive open source storytelling software. Uh, we're working with a lot of different organisations in the UK um, and internationally in South Africa and India as well. Um, at the moment to support the communities we made a commitment to work with uh, before uh, sites and spaces were closed for lockdown. Uh, so many places, many different partnerships we're working with, including the Proud Trust in Manchester, which supports LGBTQIA plus young people. Um, we're also working with Greater Manchester Youth Network. We're working with SEN schools, primary schools, uh, secondary schools uh, around, uh, the, around London and uh, around the UK more broadly. Um, we're working to support as well unpaid carers who are kind of the unsung heroes of this. Um, it's really important that we do our clap for carers to acknowledge the, the amazing work that the NHS are doing. But there's a lot of people who are caring for people 24-7 who are unpaid, um, who aren't being recognised. So for Carers Week, we're working with um, Camden Carers to support and recognise um, the creativity and uh, the, the amount of support that unpaid carers are giving to the people that they're working with as well. You touched on it there, the collaborative outreach projects which the undergraduate applied theatre students would typically be embarking on at the moment. And these usually take them to kind of different education, community and performance settings across the UK and around the world. Now, obviously, you talked a little bit about what they're doing kind of in, instead of that. But how have the applied theatre course team and the students responded? Um, I have to say brilliantly and with, um, with real heart to the projects. Um, the Applied Theatre course team, uh, we've worked together to find ways to reinvent and make sure we've got uh, exciting projects for the students to undertake and that continue to adhere to uh, the initial ideas and briefs for the projects that we put together. Um, and the students have worked brilliantly to adapt their practice, to think about how do we use digital tools to be responsive and supportive to the communities that we're working with and how do we create something that's meaningful and how do we do that if we're working over Zoom because it's a different experience of facilitating uh, which we've been learning as we go so we're working together on a lot of this and learning together so it's the ultimate kind of co-intentional environment where we learn from each other as we go um, and our hosts learn from us and we learn from them so it's, it's a nice communal kind of um, project this one particularly this year given the circumstances 
and um, the students are also supported by a specialist tutor in the industry um, who's uh, got experience of online practice or is also adapting their practice at the moment to work in this way. So again, another part of our important team working together. Um, and the students are being innovative in the way that they're taking on the project. They've done amazing things. I've seen just the other day a trailer from one of the projects that's going out to a primary school in Cornwall, and they've created um, a brilliant uh, drama looking at uh, climate change in the forest. Um, and there's, there's uh, lots of uh, supporting sessions that go with that. Um, and we're using YouTube as a platform to share and disseminate work. Um, there's lots of different things we're learning as we go, but I'm very proud of the students and how they responded uh, thoughtfully and with heart. And that's, that's the core of the field. It's the foundation of what we do. We're doing this for our communities to make meaning with them and to support them in this really, really difficult time for everybody. Um, and I'm very proud of the way that they've embraced it. I hope they're listening because they need to know that. And I guess, you know, you, that need and that ability to adapt the practice from kind of face to face to online, that ability that they're, they're learning through this process will only help them in their future careers, I guess. Exactly. I mean, at the moment, it's the time that we should step up and innovate. And that's what creative people do. And I think as an applied theatre course, we're used to adapting and responding to unknowns. It happens to us all the time when we're in workshops. You never really know what to entirely expect. And being flexible and finding creative ways to navigate uh, with people who maybe aren't used to theatre in their particular context is really important. It's, it's a central part of our ethos. So being able to innovate now and learn these new tools and skills will put them a step ahead in terms of what's going to happen with practice in the future. At the moment, we're learning that, we're finding that out. We're also deciding that to a degree because they're doing the projects at the moment. Um, and I guess that's what's really exciting about this term. Um, that in the midst of a horrible global situation, there's these moments of, and pockets of hope that come from the innovation that the students and the course team are putting forward with their communities to create opportunities to uh, find ways to cope with what's going on in the world and to create exciting work. And it kind of just reiterates the kind of the, the, the inspiring nature of the work that both yourself and the, and the students are working on uh, during this difficult time. Nikki, tell me, what, for yourself, what are you working on next? Um, at the moment, I'm working on many things. Uh, but one of the things that I'm, I'm working on um, is preparing for our student knowledge exchange uh, project, um, which is a joint um, funded project um, that we're adapting at the moment to work in the NHS. That will be quadrupling the work that we've been doing. And I guess at the moment, we're innovating and trying to find ways to make that happen virtually. So we're adapting projects, we're finding new ways to work together with the NHS team at Imperial, um, with the dementia care team, um, to find ways to make the projects happen that are still exciting and trying to fulfill uh, a need for the projects. So we're at the moment tentatively putting out ideas for projects that will support people, as I mentioned earlier, who are at home and socially isolated, um, and maybe don't have an awful lot of contact with other people. That can be reality, of course, for all of us but we're looking particularly at communities who are living with dementia and are maybe at home or are missing social contact or only have contact with uh, paid carers, for example, which is really important, um, but that can create a lot of problems in terms of social world, um, uh, mental health and social health and well-being. So we're thinking of how can we enhance that and, and reach those people who maybe are um, um, missing support because they're not 
in a hospital at the moment or they're not in a care home they're just they're at home um so we're trying to find ways to reach and support that group so that's one project um i'm also working with uh, mel phillips who's been working with us for collaborative outreach she's a tutor with us she's helped us a lot with the digital work that we're doing um to create uh, an escape room uh, which is something that we've been playing with for a while and we want to demonstrate some of the tools that the students are using this term to see what's possible so we've been doing a couple of little things through term we did a, a robot based sort of quiz slash scavenger hunt earlier in the term uh, through zoom to demonstrate what the software can do and what we can do through screen shares uh, and now we're thinking about how we use immersive sounds and video to create um, a durational uh, piece that's about commemorating an event. So thinking again about how do we mix methodologies that already exist and use technology to innovate and create flexible ways to interact with theatre, um, which we're hoping to share in the next couple of weeks. Oh, sounds like a very busy but uh, a very exciting time. So Nikki, thanks so much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. That was Dr. Nikki Abraham and we'll be back after this short break. Hello, I am Darius and I'm a second year student of the Drama Applied Theatre and Education course. I'm currently working on a collaborative outreach project, engaging in a letter writing process with older people who are isolated due to the COVID-19 crisis. And we're also making a reminiscence audio play about their life experiences, which is absolutely amazing and very, very interesting. Hi, my name is Monika. I'm a second year costume construction student and to support the NHS I've been making bags for nurses to keep their scrubs in. Welcome back. We're talking with members of the central community who are working on innovative projects developed in response to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Our next guest is Dr. Selena Busby, Principal Lecturer in Applied Theatre at Central and the course leader for MA Applied Theatre. Since the start of the lockdown, Selena and her MA Applied Theatre students have been working with London-based Company 3 and other arts partners and organisations from across the UK on the coronavirus time capsule. Hi Selena, thanks for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. So tell me, how did you get involved with Company 3? Oh, Company 3 have been part of my research and uh, London-based applied theatre sort of knowledge and experience for a long time. They're an amazing company who set up in um, 2008 to work on long-term uh, projects with teenagers, exploring what it's like to be a teenager um, living in London today. Um, but with a really high emphasis on making quality theatre. So it, it, it's a Lynn Gardner once said um, in a review of their work, but it's most definitely not social work, it's theatre and art making. Um, and as a result of that, they make some really um, interesting, remarkable, funny, moving, beautiful pieces of theatre about teenage life 
in London. Um, and the reason I'm most interested in their work is a, a because of all of that, but also because they have a long term commitment to the 75 young people they work with at any one point in time. So they might work with the same um, young person from the age of 11 until 19. And my own research very much focuses on the long term impact of um, making theatre with different community groups. So there's a synergy in what they're doing and, and what I'm interested in. So I was uh, particularly interested in their work um, called Brainstorm, which they produced in their own um, theatre, and then it transferred for two runs at the National Theatre. So it's one of the very few examples of youth theatre that's transferred to the main stages of, of large theatres in the UK, um, when it wasn't specifically commissioned for that or written for that. So the, their work is really quite remarkable. Fantastic. And can you tell us a little bit more about the coronavirus time capsule? Yes. Well, having a long term commitment to young people making theatre is really tricky in lockdown, clearly, because theatre making, you usually think about it as happening in a building in a space together. Company 3 is committed to that long-term engagement, so their artistic director, Ned Glazier, decided that he needed to find a substitute for that during lockdown. Um, a, because young people in lockdown are, are find it particularly difficult. Particu it must be particularly frustrating to be 14, 15 and not able to leave your house. Um, so to A, give them something to do, but also as part of their long-term mission of exploring the life of teenagers, this is a remarkable time to be exploring the life of teenagers. So it's a, it felt like, a, a, in some ways, a very natural extension of the work that they do anyway, but obviously they've had to be more inventive about the ways that they, they deliver that. So effectively, Time Capsule is a project that week by week documents the lives of young people living in lockdown, it, originally in Islington, because that's where Company 3 is based. Um, and um, Ned and his team very carefully curate a series of exercises and themes week by week, so that each episode tells a different um, aspect, a different uh, story about what's happening to them in lockdown. It's very much a series of episodes. So Friday afternoon at three o'clock, each new episode is released. And I think this week is episode number 10. Wow, 10 weeks. Have we been in lockdown that long? We certainly have. Um, in terms of yourself, what's your role in the project? Uh, my role's an absolute joy. Um, I get to observe the project. So I get to watch each episode as it comes out. But um, also, on a more serious note, to evaluate the impact that it's having on the young people's lives. So it's an extension of my usual research, looking at how, how theatre can impact on communities. But this is a particularly uh, interesting project because it's happening simultaneously in lots of different places in the world. It started with Company 3 in Islington, but they've rolled out a weekly blueprint so that any theatre company or individual that wants to join in can also record their own episodes each week. So at the moment, there are companies right across the UK making this work but there's also a company in the Netherlands there's one in Australia there's one in Spain there's one in the United States of America and and many other places so we're trying to capture as much of the young people's experiences in as many of those different places as possible to see how theatre making is um, helping interfering, hindering their process while they're in lockdown. And obviously each of those countries is in a very different process in the lockdown or is out of lockdown or is just going into lockdown. So the, the comparison of where they all are is gonna be absolutely fascinating. 
Absolutely. Um, and, and I guess you're working alongside a group of central students themselves, aren't you? How are they getting involved? There's too many companies for me to for me to interview. So we have um, seven MA students who are each following the progress of two of the companies that are making work. They're interviewing the young people, they're interviewing the individual directors, and then each of those students will write an evaluation report for each of their two companies to deliver to that company. And then as a team, we will pool all that information and write a master evaluation report that um, covers as many as different places and experiences as we possibly can and teenagers as you said from around the world are contributing to the coronavirus time capsule project during lockdown supported by a range of youth theatres education institutions drama groups and community arts projects yeah. if young people are interested in taking part how can they find out more Oh, the Company 3 website is the place to go. The minute you hit their website, the first thing you see is um, Time Capsule and the blueprint for week by week uh, session plans for how to produce each episode is on there. There's also a compact version. So if you're coming in at week 10 rather than week one, you can do an edited down version. If you know that you're only going to have two weeks or three weeks to be able to, to make the piece of theatre, then there's a, there's a mini version. Or you can start at the beginning and work all the way through all 10 episodes. So I guess that, that tailors quite well for, as you said earlier, those, those countries that are at different stages of their lockdown, I guess. Absolutely. So we had some companies who start in Australia in particular who started the project and then went back to school very quickly. So their situation changed, whereas we've got other companies that have been involved right from week one of the project and will keep going until... We're out of lockdown, I guess. <laughs> Whenever that might be. Whenever that might be. <laughs> and, and kind of on that, I guess that's the big question. What is next for the project? It's a really good question. I'm not sure that I, I'm qualified to answer that. I, I think that Company 3 will continue to make episodes week by week until life becomes more recognisable. Um, they're going to continue to make theatre with young people, whether they're allowed to get together in a space or if they can't. I assume that they'll go into a process where with social distancing they might be able to bring some people into a real space. But for when you're working with 75 young people each week, that's a lot of people to find a creative outlet for. So my hunch is that the project will keep going until we can bring all of those 75 young people together again. And I guess it's going to be useful even beyond lockdown in a way because we can go back and we can look at those journeys, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, that's the beauty of it. It is a time capsule of what it's like to be young in lockdown. And I think there's going to be all sorts of valuable information in there for sociologists, for therapists, for drama workers, it, it, about what effects being in lockdown has on young people and how we can more creatively use their time to um, explore themselves, explore their world, engage with politics, engage with the world around them. Um, beyond physical lockdown, there are techniques that have gone into making this project that will be valuable for us for a long time to come, I think. Selena, I know you as someone who is one of the busiest and most hardworking people I know. And I know, therefore, that since lockdown started, you've also been working on the International Applied Theatre Project. Tell me, how did this initiative come about? Oh, this was this is another. This is, there are two big joys of being in lockdown. One is the time capsule and this is the second. And I didn't initiate either. So I, I've been a very lucky passenger in both projects. The International Applied Theatre Project was set up by um, 
Professor Peter Duffy in South Carolina. Um, he has a group of applied theatre MA students and is in touch with several other universities and people who deliver applied theatre programmes across the world. And knowing that everybody was in lockdown in a similar way to Company 3, he wanted to find a productive way of, of being creative and using um, time. So he contacted me to say that he had a group of students who really wanted to make a piece of theatre. Did I have any that would like to join them? Of course, I said yes, absolutely. And at the same time, he contacted an academic in um, Australia, um, two in Germany and one in Togo. And together we pulled a group of students. I think all together across all five countries, we have something like 35 students who we then split into groups so that each group is a group of five to six um, students who are in their early 20s to late 40s who are interested in applied theatre and each group represented uh, at least uh, there was one member in each group from each of those countries so effectively we had five mini theatre companies each uh, representing an international dimension and their mission was to create a piece of performance that would contribute to their mental health during lockdown and so, so again to find ways of exploring cr creatively what can be done in in lockdown so over a period of four weeks each group worked together uh, there is a website dedicated to the project to create um, a piece of theatre and then last week we got together to see the performances i'm not sure performance is the right word because some of them were purely soundscapes some of them were um puppet shows with um, spoons as the leading characters. Um, some were created of everyday sounds that people were listening to during lockdown or they were the sounds of their lockdown. So the sound, um, everyday sounds ones went from people, the noise of people cleaning their teeth to the music that has kept them up um, and um, upbeat during the process to a beautiful moving story about a lonely cat during lockdown that was taken into a house um, and rescued. So really, really radically different types of performance. And we had an international sharing via Zoom where we had participants from all of the countries uh, sharing each other's work, uh, commenting and feeding back on each other's work. Um, and there's a little catch line that goes with that project is that we came together we came together because of isolation and certainly that project has been really eye-opening in all sorts of ways but particularly in the way that technology can be used really beautifully it's not a replacement for real theater i don't want us to be online continually but how it can have the power to bring people together who would never meet in their everyday life and create something really moving and beautiful um, for them for each other and hopefully for a wider community when we've worked on it a little bit longer we will be hopefully posting some of the work onto the website um, but to, just to see faces and hear sounds and see pictures from Germany, Australia, the United States of America, Togo and the UK coming together in a really inventive, creative way was an absolutely beautiful moment of my lockdown. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there in, in the way that, you know, within this, this 
very strange period for us all, technology has had a, a crucial role to play in bringing people together. I think that really is something that is a key takeaway from 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 both projects in some ways, actually, yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. Selena, all I can say is thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope that the projects, they continue to go from strength to strength and I hope that, you know, the stuff that's coming out of them, it sounds fascinating to be honest with you and uh, I look forward to looking at, at both those websites. Thank you, thank you for talking to me. Thanks as well to Dr Nicola Abraham and to our fantastic students Darius and Monica and thank you for joining us for our first episode of Discover Central. Join us for our next episode when we'll be talking to Dr Farrokh Soltani, Jessica Bowles and hearing more from Central's student community with ways to nurture your creativity and look after yourself in lockdown. For now, take care and stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Discover Central.